Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Susan Long, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me is my co-host and writer for Pro Football Focus and Fantasy Pros, Ryan Whitfield. Welcome back, Ryan. You are so underwater nowadays. I almost feel like I should call you a special guest. How you doing? Hakun, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ryan. All right. As I was hey, saying, okay, you well, I was apparently on mute. <laughs> wow. uh, For a minute there, I wasn't sure if I was going to joke when I came on. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, getting <laughs> on here, or getting me on the show, must be like a trip to the dentist at this point. So, <laughs> so oh, man. Well, okay, well, thank goodness, because I was like, you know, I, I, I can never tell if it's a problem on your end or my end, so this is just, like, it's fantastic. When you when you said when you when you chimed in and you're like, can you hear me? I'm like, oh crap, here we are again. Typical that we're going to have to have technical difficulties right at the beginning. Anyway, hey man, welcome back. Like I said, I, <laughs> before we were before the technical issues, I, you, you've been so underwater nowadays. I almost feel like you're our special guest. Um, but you know, welcome back, man. It's awesome having you back on the show here. Yeah, good to be uh, good to be on the air. So uh, yeah, like said, I've. About 12 hours a day these days, so uh, living the dream, but happy to be on. 12 hours a day, dang, dude. And I know that you're uh, you're all in on the Bruins right now, because I know you're a huge Bruins fan, and you're constantly tweeting about it, so I assume that's a big chunk of your free time. Um, and I see that they're just edging out the lightning in the Atlantic Division, so i got to ask you, what do you think their chances are of taking that Atlantic Division? Well, I mean... You have to assume that Tampa Bay is going to come back down to earth a little bit. It was a, a fantastic yeah, crazy right month. Of, yeah, the month of February, the Bruins are um, are over like their last. I don't know what it was. It was something like last seventeen games. The Bruins are thirteen two and two. In that time, they've lost. They've, they've uh, given up five points in the standings to Tampa. Right. So you go thirteen two and two, and you're, lo- and you're losing standings. So I'm you insane. have to, as good as Tampa is, you have to assume that they're going to. Uh, find water a little bit. There is two matchups between the two down the stretch. I'll actually be at the one on March seventh in Boston, oh, nice. so that'll be that'll be great. Uh, pretty playoff atmosphere uh, in the building that night, so that'll be good. But uh, I think it's really going to come down to the Bruins if we're not good at the deadline. If they add Kreider, um, if they're able to add uh, something from uh, from Columbus, who I who I want to most go after, uh, right. if they're able to add Paul Mary from from New Jersey, then they, then they'll have a fighting shot. But they gotta they're gonna add to the team. If they're going to have a chance to hold on to that division. Well, Kreider is going to be an interesting one because I, I was just actually watching a little bit of commentary on that because I'm, I'm watching a game that matters to no one, Rangers-Blackhawks, because both teams are basically <laughs> out of it. But uh, that being said, you know, being, uh, you know, Kreider going someplace, wherever he ends up will be really interesting. They're talking about all the potential options for him and what they're asking for. They're looking like they're asking for a first-round pick and a lot uh, there. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Hey, with even with all this Bruin stuff and working 12 hours a day, did you manage to squeeze in some XFL this weekend? 
Oh, God, no. I told you. No, I have no interest in that on. crap league. Uh, and I know you're all having fun. I do. I mean, I, I, my extent of watching it is whatever pops up on Twitter. And I'll admit that I love the fact that, you know, when somebody fumbles the ball, they go and stick a microphone right I in their face. I love that. On the love it. Super engaging. Um, <laughs> right. You fumble no, the game just, away. How do you feel? Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, fantastic. Unless somebody had been there uh, to do that to Adrian Peterson and that uh, – and yeah. a divisional round game years ago against they should the, do this the in NFL. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's some enjoyable elements of that. But what it comes down to at the end of the day is, um, you know, for me too, it's really twofold. It's one, um, it's not the premier players at the at their peak. It, it's the next sure. step down. I, I equate it to unfairly probably a little bit. But you know, if you put Double A baseball on, I, I probably wouldn't watch that either. Um, well, and, right. Yeah, the other well, thing for me is I hit football fatigue, and I love talking off season stuff because that's a little bit more right. business minded. Uh, yeah, I love the off season for that sense. Yeah, but as far too. as watching football, um, with all the work I do in the in in the sport now, um, come come the end of the Super Bowl, I'm like, all right, I could get burned. I got I, I could take my Sundays back a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. So I'm so vested in it during the, during the season. So hey, um, you know, yeah, I have I'll, to I'll say though, watching hockey, you guys do the XFL. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, well, you got a team that you can care about that's actually going somewhere, so that makes sense to me, right? I got not, I don't got that. But hey, but that being said, though, it's that's not true. the XFL. It's not watching the XFL for the football, though. It's more like watching them. It's almost like an extended combine. You know what I mean? You get a chance to kind of yeah, see some sure. of those. I mean, for most of the players, I mean, not not all of them. Some of them are kind of they're never going to make their way to the NFL. But there's a couple guys out there. You know, I, I'm I'm a real fan. As you probably saw, I mentioned this last week, and I've I've tweeted about it a number of times. Uh, I really like um, what I'm seeing over there, at PJ Walker. You know, um, and you might recall him from uh, way back in 2015 when he helmed the uh, Temple team that uh, played against Notre Dame in Philly. Um, and uh, both teams are ranked. They're ranked 21st. He was actually really, really good. He set all sorts of school records in Temple, uh, and he looked like he was ready to take the next step. He never really did. He's kind of doing that in the XFL. I, I think that we might find our first, you know, skill position player to make the leap. Uh, of course, I said this for Rashad Ross, and it unfortunately didn't happen for him I was last just, year. I was going to mention that. I was going to say Rashad Ross was the same guy in the AAF for you, and then you were tweeting the other day about how he's not in the XFL. So. I just think it looks, you know, it, it's about the competition too. Cause you know, you could say in college that, um, you know, that a lot of college guys, I mean, first of all, it's not the top top tier talent because no college team could be an NFL team, but it is the top right. of their age group and they got to prove it against other, you know, high end players that are going to make the pros. And I just look at this league and even the guys who look really, really good. Yeah. I have to, you know, you have to remind yourself that they're not playing high-end defensive guys. Well, there's a, like a preseason um, game. It's of course, like the there's, there's some game. little white receiver, I forget his name, um, awesome that everyone was raving. No, it wasn't uh, Prol. It was somebody else. That it was um, Nelson Spruce? Of course, in New England. Oh, yeah, New England and NFL. Either way. No, yeah, there's yeah, no – so in the XFL, yeah, he made some one-handed uh, diving back catch in, the, in week one, and tons of people okay. – in New England, like, oh, it's the next, you know, Danny uh, Amendola, it's the next Julian well, Edelman. Pro. Like, they were totally pro. Yeah, they were talking about how he's going to be the next uh, Danny Amendola uh, type. And obviously he went, but either uh, way, who's he doing it against? Like, spare me. Spare me on yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. I, I do like Austin Prohl because his dad is Ricky Prohl, the, you know, uh, legend uh, wide receiver from uh, – uh, Rams, Bears, lots of other places. But that being said, you're right. It's hard to oh, make that you leap. Another, one, another big one. He also played What's in that? a 
He played in Carol. Uh, he played in Carolina, and the reason I know that is because he lost to the Patriots in both Super Bowl thirty six and thirty eight. He was a Ram when the when the Pats oh, beat him right. in the first Super oh, Bowl. Oh, you're talking about Ricky? And he was yeah, a yeah, Panther yeah. in the second one, and he I think he yep. had fourth quarter touchdowns in both games actually. Yep. So he was uh, he was a thorn in that team's side, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's a good that's a good call. Good call there. And actually, the and and Austin Pro played in uh, UNC with uh, Mitch Trubisky, so there's another reason why I probably shouldn't oh. like him, since Mitch Trubisky basically <laughs> sunk my team. You know, that's not a, that's not as fun of a connection. <laughs> no, that is not not a fun fact. Hey, I'll tell you one interesting fun fact I learned about PJ Walker though. Since I'm on my PJ Walker binge uh, or man crush going on right now, uh, I have to say that uh, you know he actually got his job in XFL because he was actually uh, cut from the Colts right before the regular season started. And um, he was, he had, um, and Andrew Luck really thought he was, had some potential and, and may gave a recommendation to the XFL that they pick him up. And uh, I didn't realize this, but you know, his dad, Oliver Luck is the commissioner of the XFL. Well, I, did, I had no idea wow. that that was a, a connection there, but there you go. A little trivia, a little XFL trivia for all you guys. That's good stuff, right? <laughs> all right. I just, I'm glad you tuned in. All right. Well, anyway, we got NFL stuff to talk about. Uh, we got lots of things to talk about. We're talking about the top offensive free agents that are likely to be available and the top offensive prospects in the 2020 NFL draft. Boy, there's so much to talk about. Let's get rolling. All right, hot breaking news. Before we jump into that, I just want to mention this one thing, and, and it's, um, it may not be done, um, but the, it may. There is, a, there is recent discussion that with the CBA and NFL – um, that um, in, the, in the newest agreement, there will be an extension to seven playoff teams per conference. Seven playoff teams per conference. Only the one seed would then get the bye. This would take effect this season, 2020 season. Um, and uh, so that means 14 teams into the playoffs. That means there'll be uh, six total wild card games in that first week. And that also means that the one team that gets a bye at the one seed will be paid that week. Cause right now the teams that are on a buy do not get paid on that week that they get a buy. So uh, thoughts, I mean, it is not, it hasn't been done yet. They say it actually might be done within a week or so, but what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think this is an idea um, that uh, everyone needs to go ahead and just get used to um, it's, it, you know, I think it is going to pass right now, uh, but I think mm-hmm. eventually, if, if it doesn't now, it eventually will pass. Um, right. And I think it's just the first step in lengthening out the playoffs by a week. Um, obviously, they're not going to lengthen it out right now, but it's just you're expanding the pool there. Um, yep. I think this is laying groundwork for eventually uh, uh, an additional playoff week and then additionally um, adding a week to the regular season and a bye yeah, week. I, I think the NFL, definitely. and probably smartly so, um, mm. would really like to see – um, to expand their calendar to President's Day weekend. Is it President's yep. Day? It was, yeah, yeah, February. President's Day weekend. Yeah, February. Um, yeah, because yeah, they don't want to lose Saturday's buildup um, and then all day Sunday's buildup into the Super Bowl. So you don't want to move the Super Bowl to a Saturday. But moving right. into that weekend, a lot of us have Monday off, uh, yep. which then creates the ability to obviously go out and just be a bigger, even, you know, cultural event. Um, Right. basically making it a holiday, right? It's on a holiday weekend. And right. they used to do this when I was much younger, and I'd have to look at the reasons they didn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if they want to lengthen it out the other way and, and kick it off. You know, to me, it feels like such a crime that the NCAA kicks off on Labor Day weekend and we miss out on the NFL because I think that's, just, again, just a nice, perfect holiday, and that gives you a holiday-to-holiday schedule, um, long weekends where they can just really fill you with football on both sides. And um, 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Now, in, in terms of what it means for the league, I mean, I, I get uh, pushback originally, right away that there already people are frustrated that you'll a lot of times see, um, you know, the six-team format um, where, where, you know, a nine and seven team, eight and eight team slips in. And I don't understand why that offends people's sensibility so much. Uh, right. For crazy people watch the XFL. So I think you guys don't have a huge <laughs> uh, intolerance to bad football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, so on that front, I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah. I, I, and what it, what it does, which I think is, is awesome is that there's no more coasting for that two seed. You know, it's, it's one seed or bust. You either, you either get that yeah, by and the whole that's right. advantage. Or, That's right. or you could be playing on open and weekend, which I think is a great wrinkle, a lot more drama. And imagine, I love it. You know, Kansas City is the two seed last year, right? And they got the bye, and they make a run yep. to the Super Bowl. Imagine if they had to play open the day uh, of the yep. playoffs, and they get bumped off by, you know, obviously it would be the seventh seed, so it's not something they should lose to, but it's just a better right. idea not getting that break. And now to make the one seed more valuable, I'm all for adding more drama into sports. Um, I'm one of the rare people that likes the one game uh, wild card play in the MLB. I think it's one of the best nights of the year in baseball. Um, it's exciting. So I don't see why I wouldn't it's, love it's this tough in football. for baseball, though. You look know, at the variability game to game, but I, I do think it's probably the most exciting playoff game aside from a game seven, uh, clearly, because, you know, it's go big or go it's home right there. Seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a manufactured game seven. Absolutely, in, in a sport where it's already any given Sunday just gives us, you know, gives us more on that. And you know, I think I personally feel that the the playoffs would be better. I mean, I know you probably only be the first round, and you have to look how the scheduling will shake out. But um, something amazing about a one o'clock, four o'clock, and eight o'clock game on Saturday, and then a one o'clock, it. four o'clock, eight o'clock game on Sunday of the first week I, I, of the playoffs. I love that. Uh, yeah, that would be great. That's gonna be a fun weekend. And if you don't, if you're oh, not yeah. looking forward to that weekend, then you're not somebody I want to hang out with. So, yeah. <laughs> fair point. I'm all in on that. Absolutely, more, more, more playoff football is. I'm all in on that. You know, and I love playoff football because my team never makes it anywhere. So clearly, I love playoff football just for the sake of playoff football. So <laughs> hey, let's hey, team let's move along here. I, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I was right. You had one more team, we still wouldn't have made it, but that's okay. Anyway, let's let's get on with the, our actual topics of free agency and uh, and uh, the NFL draft that's coming up. Let's start with free agency. As I mentioned last week, free agency is getting real close. We're already seeing teams take some action to ensure that they're not going to get into a bidding war. Teams can begin to use franchise or transi- transition tags as of February 25th. That's just around the corner. Uh, free agent negotiations can start on March 16th prior to free agency officially opening on March 18th. We've already seen a number of moves proactively. Uh, you know, Drew Brees kind of l- told us all on Instagram that he's going back to New Orleans for one more shot. That should be interesting. Greg Olson was released by the Panthers, now has been signed by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so he's also off the board. Uh, so let's just stick to unrestricted free agents available in 2020. Ryan, which offensive uh, UFAs are you most interested in this free agency period? And uh, what are your thoughts about where, the, where they might land? I mean, I, I think, I mean, not to, to cough out here, but I, I think the obvious answer here is, and it's gotten a little less exciting with the Drew Brees note, uh, news, but it's the right. and it's the quarterback carousel. You know, it's, sure. it's, you don't see quarterbacks get to free agency. And I know that uh, none of them are perfect prospects. You know, we're, not, we're certainly not seeing, um, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes reach free agency, right? That's, that's something that just won't happen. But um, you have some of the changing guards of the old two with, uh, with Brady and, and Philip yeah. Rivers. Uh, mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you have guys like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I like him. You know, Jameis Winston. 
you know, on mm-hmm. the younger side. So it's, you know, who are, who are interesting, interesting prospects uh, at, at the quarterback position. So, um, you know, the only time I've ever remember uh, it being interesting uh, at the quarterback position was the Peyton Manning off season. So, um, you don't really get that in free agency. It's it's very similar. Almost a feel, there's a real NBA free agency feel about this year. So I think that's going to be super exciting. And then one I'd even forgotten about, and I think it was Derrick Henry the other day when they were asking mm-hmm. about. Uh, I think it was Tom Brady that actually asked him about, it, and he said, you know, he's the goat, but why why don't we just resign Ryan Tannehill? So that's another guy whose stock went way up that I you know had to completely flip yeah. on that was going to be. Available. Oh, I love that story. So, I love uh, the Ryan Tannehill story. Yeah. Yep. The, so the quarterback, I just think, I think the quarterback part is just going to be absolutely fa- fascinating. Uh, and, and I know you followed up the second half of that question is where do they land? And uh, your guess is as good as mine uh, <laughs> on that. Well, so, uh, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you, know, you, got, you got the Chargers, right? I mean, clearly they're going to need somebody. Uh, and then you got a question mark over in. I mean, you, met, you, you named Winston, so you got a question mark over in Tampa Bay, for sure. Uh, and then there's a couple other, you know, places where you're, it's just unclear what they're planning on doing. Um, so, you know, there, there are some possibilities, but there's not as many free agent spots um, that I recall, like Indianapolis is one of them. Um, it's just not as many openings as I, as I thought there would be. That's the kind of funny thing about this is that there are a lot of possible free agent quarterbacks out there. And Marcus Mariota is another one that, that you didn't mention, which is interesting because remember the time where Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were one and two overall. And now it's like they're in free agency and you're like, who wants them? I don't know. <laughs> it's unclear. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple more um, mundane names out there that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, that I think are kind of interesting. One of which is Brashad Perriman. Um, he, he is fascinating to me because he just seemed like hands of stone uh, when he came into the league. I mean, there was high hopes that he was going to uh, convert into a good target and uh, ended up being just terrible. Uh, and the Ravens, and now he's really breaking out. I mean, it, it's small sample size, five games really on Tampa Bay, but he was amazing ending, like finishing up that year. I mean, part of it is that Winston just flings it 50 times a game. But, you know, think of it, think of it this way. Last five games, yeah, he had five touchdowns. And uh, he was averaging almost 100 yards per game. And he was averaging a little bit under 20 yards per catch. Um, and he was, you know, I mean, he, he was really trending up. I mean, he was at the point where he was averaging almost uh, seven, eight targets a game. So, you know, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that – if you throw enough balls at Rashad Perriman, he's going to catch a couple and make some plays, or if that means he's going to be something. But he's a free agent, um, and there are a lot of people that are looking for wide receiver help, so I'd be interested to see what happens to him. And then I'm going to get super mundane. I'm going to talk about the offensive linemen that are in the in the in free agency that I think are really, really big. And, and one of them actually comes from New England, Joe Thunny. I think that's an interesting one right there. I mean, he's definitely one of the best, most versatile offensive linemen um, in the open market, at least this off season, he's been a great pass blocker. Um, and, and I don't know if you feel differently because you obviously watch it closer than I do. Um, but I think he's been a really, a really good pass blocker and a true, true iron man. He's, he's a continuous starter. Uh, I don't think he misses many snaps for the Patriots uh, as his four during his four seasons as a starter. So I, I really, really like him. And then I like Anthony uh, Costanzo, uh, the uh, tackle from Indianapolis. I mean, he's also, um, he came into the league as a first round pick in 2011 and um, has has been also very solid, started 132 career games, played 100% of the snaps in 2019. Um, I mean, it's a possibility he hangs it up, but I think he's probably one of the best free agent tackles available. And then Brandon Scherf, 
from Washington. I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Washington can't really afford to lose anymore in the offensive line, but you know, he did have a bunch of injuries and that could have been a, and that was a problem for him. But if, it, if he didn't have injuries, he could be one of the best offensive linemen uh, on the free agent list. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there. He was a former number five overall pick in 2015, three-time pro bowler, definitely one of the best run blocking guards in the league. So, I love all those guys as well. And I'm fascinated by this because, you know, a lot, as I was saying, there's not a lot of landing spots for quarterbacks right now. And there's not, and I think a lot of offensive backfields are relatively set. It's that line, you know, there's a lot of offensive line needs. So I can see these guys making a difference. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, particularly about Joe Sonny, because I know um, you watch the Patriots obviously closer than I do. Uh, any thoughts on any of those guys? Yeah, I think uh, Tooney's a great, uh, one of the, I mean, in, in a, Rough year on the offensive line for the Patriots. Um, he was consistently the best offensive lineman they had last year. Uh, Shaq mm-hmm. Mason was uh, was hampered by an injury most of the year. David Andrews obviously went out with a blood clot, so they had to kick Ted Karras right. in the middle. Uh, right. The right tackle, right, uh, uh, Marcus Cannon, who, who seems to have a good year and followed by a bad year. He's one of these uh, – they'll make a dated reference here. He's very much like Derek Lowe used to be as a starting pitcher where he'd be fantastic mm-hmm. one year, crash down to earth the next year. Um, mm-hmm. That's the story of Marcus Cannon. Usually, she saw that. And then Isaiah Wentz saw her on the left side. So Tooney was about the only stable force on that offensive line. And I think he's honestly mm-hmm. uh, one of the best guards in football. Um, it's interesting because you would say, well, if the Patriots' offensive line is struggling, why would they let that guy go? Um, they're paying Shaq Mason a lot of money, and I can't, I can't, you know. I hope they, yeah. I hope they retain him, and maybe they restructure right. Mason's contract, but. Um, Belichick, you know, doesn't tend to want to spend big money on two guards uh, right. at the same time. So right. uh, that would be surprising. So I wouldn't be surprised if he if he does uh, does not return to New England and he is a net benefit wherever he goes. Yeah, um, and then Costanzo, just the, the the you know interest of being uh, fair and transparent. Um, I was probably around the Gregson era when we were mocking uh, Gregson routinely on this <laughs> podcast, uh, but Costanzo <laughs> was a guy that. I think me and you both categorized at one point as soft and overrated. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And I would say over the last four or five years, he has completely flipped that script and become one of the best left tackles in football. Um, so I thought early in his career that I didn't see why they spent the drive draft pick on him. Um, was not impressed with his play. Thought he was uh, a better run blocker than a pass blocker at that time. And that has right. changed. So you're, if he, if he stays in the league in nine years at left tackle, um, you know, depending on the shape of the body, can be uh, a daunting task. But he's a guy who I would assume has another several good years left, and left tackles always have a market. So uh, well, no, I agree. I think that there's a lot of um, there's not a ton of movement going to be at the wide receiver position. And while there's a decent amount of good quarterbacks out there, um, there's not a ton of uh, landing spots. Yeah. Yeah, landing spots. So I think that the the big shakeup and you know probably a lot of money on the offensive side will be spent on offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, particularly with all the rookie quarterbacks out there. I mean, not rookie, but like I should say, young quarterbacks out there. I'm sure a lot of teams are going to be looking to see how can they shore that up um, and make sure they can protect their investment into the future. Um, all right, well, some good ones there and free agency to look at. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. 
as we go along. So let's go ahead and ring the bell on that. Let's get to our next topic, and that is the NFL draft. So last week, we discussed the upcoming NFL scouting combine. And this week, returning to the 2020 NFL draft, which is coming up April 23rd to 25th in Las Vegas, which should be a blast. I'm, I'm really this close to pulling the trigger and just going out there for that because I can imagine that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Hey, you know what? I just thought of something, Ryan. I just realized that I think I figured out why you haven't been on the show a lot lately. It's because you don't like special guests. That's got to be it, because I just realized you missed last week of Adam uh, from the Burgundy and Gold, and then you missed uh, about four weeks ago with uh, Wole and Ray from the urban sports scene, and then about uh, six weeks ago you missed it with uh, with Dan and Chris from the Beer Fueled Fantasy Fantasy, uh, Podcast. So clearly you just don't like to share the radio, share the, the mic with guests from other shows. Am I right? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. It's either that or you just, uh, not enough room for for, uh, for two egos. <laughs> no, I, I think you just I think you just keep booking guests on weeks where I'm especially busy. So I put that on the the show producer, which is uh, you. So you know, <laughs> right. if you can go ahead and clean that up and, and start running these guests through my personal assistant. That's uh, fair. Go ahead and hire me a personal assistant first, and then right. run right. everything through through that person. That'd be wonderful. That is that is fair. Oh, that is fair. All right, let's go ahead and let's turn to the draft here. So, Ryan, let's talk about the offensive prospects who you're most interested in in the upcoming NFL draft and why. Yes, I, I glanced over your list earlier, so forgive me if one of these three guys is on there. Yeah, I think my other it. two were go safe, but I can't remember these three. But um, I'm going to cheat and package three into one here because I just think that this is an interesting um, – dynamic uh between the three so there's you know uh it's a big receiver class this year yep really big at that they're really strong at that position uh three names that immediately come to mind are cd lamb jerry judy and t higgins um Uh lamb obviously of oklahoma jerry judy of alabama and t higgins from clemson so um in looking at that you know i'll tell you that through watching a lot of film over the last year jerry judy might be one of the purest and best route runners I've ever seen. Um, and, and so there's a lot a lot to like on his tape there. Um, C.D. Lamb is just an explosive downfield playmaker uh, who's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but those two are a little bit smaller than I tend to like my receivers, as has been well established on this show, which yes. is why the 6'4", 215-pound T. Higgins is somebody that I'm very excited to see. Uh, you know, I was looking at CBS Sports right now, prospect rankings. They have him. Uh, all the way down at 23rd. Uh, the other two are in the top 15, I believe. So, um, and they actually have Lamb uh, ranked above Judy, uh, which, depending where you look, could be flipped. So, um, right. that's the way they have them. But I just think it's going to be interesting. It's not something in the short term we'll have an answer on. Um, I'll be watching them obviously through the combine, see how they perform, uh, see how the draft stock heats up. But you know, we could be in a situation where, although I'd say, well, they're all still there that the shine wore off a little bit of the 2014 draft class. It looked really great right. that first year. And then uh, it's not it's looked as explosive since, but it could be similar to that kind of a draft class where you just see a lot of uh, big name receivers uh, going and, and, and finding a place to play to start. So those, that was my first group of guys uh, that I, that I was thinking of today. Yep. Yep. And let me throw in one more to that group of wide receivers. And if anybody's uh, been listening, they know that I have a, a particular man crush on LaVisca Chenault. Uh, from Colorado, uh, 6'2", 220 pounds, amazing top end speed. He's running 5'3", 5'4", he's out of high school. He is, uh, 
he's big time. I, I think he's um, I think he's somebody who can really shine out there. The one issue, and I named, I mentioned this last week, was his route running. It's it could use a little bit of polish. He also has a nagging groin injury right now, so it's it's unclear. They, the report is that it's not too serious. It, he might even run the routes at the combine. Uh, so I hope to see that because that can only help him. But just from a pure um, physical attribute um, perspective, I think he's uh, one of the best available. In fact, you know, and I'll throw this little mini stat in there. You know, he he had the most forced missed tackles over the last two years of any wide receiver in the draft. And this year, it's 46 total. C.D. Lamb is second with 39, and obviously he's uh, probably a top 10 pick this year. So I think that Chenault has a chance here. And and it's miraculous to me, but you think about it, you watch him play, he's kind of like a big-bodied, fast receiver but also a really big running back. And he <laughs> kind of runs a little bit like Marshawn Lynch at times. I mean, listen to this line. I mean, 20, in 2018, 1,011 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns, 115 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's just, that's a weird line. And then uh, in his last year, a little bit less, a little more rushing, a little more, a little less passing, uh, a little less receiving, 764 and four touchdowns, 161 and two touchdowns. So not as impressive, but I think there's a lot of potential there for him. Uh, and he could be get, probably gotten late in the first, early in the second. So I like him a lot. Uh, so who's your second grouping? You said you had another grouping of guys you're looking at? Yeah, so these two aren't as much of a grouping, but the other two guys I, I had uh, to mention, um, first one is one I'm particularly interested in. Well, uh, to be honest, both guys that I'm interested in because of local ties for me. Um, so the first one is Jake Fromm. Uh, this is a guy yep. whose uh, shine uh, definitely came off in, in last season. Um, yep. You know, I think primarily because of losing big games and the fact that his completion percentage sank all the way to sub-61%, which is not ideal, um, which is following a 67.3% completion percentage the year before. With that said, he threw for uh, uh, 2,860 yards last year. Um, And when you look at his totals, and this is the thing that I like the most outside of his unbelievable rating, which was last year was his worst year and his rating was still a 141.2. But uh-huh. in his college career, uh, he had 78 touchdowns to just 18 interceptions. Um, those right. are numbers I'll take all day. That's a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. Um, Jim Nagy, who is whatever his exact title is, the executive president or president of operations, <laughs> right. whatever, the guy who runs the senior bowl, uh, said that uh, he tweeted out earlier this week that he's been watching a lot of tape on from. And Fromm is a guy that he's super impressed with and can't believe um, that his prospect has gone down so far. Uh, I'll be honest, I might have a personal bias towards him because I just really loved his character, uh, meaning like the kind of person he is when watching uh, QB1. Uh, I believe yep. he was in the first season of that back in high school. Mm-hmm. I just think he's got good leadership qualities, has a good head on his shoulders, humble kind of guy. Um, and, you know, so I, I, I'm big on Fromm. And the reason I said local ties there is because it is my hope that that is a succession plan because he can be had in the third round right now. The CBS sports app I was just looking at, or app, the CBS sports list I was looking at prospects have been ranked as the 93rd prospect. Wow. Um, the Patriots have a lot of second and third round picks. Uh, so that is somebody I would like to see the Patriots go, especially if they bring back Brady, that from is the guy that comes in and learns from him for the next two years. And is the exact, is the eventual succession plan in new England. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's a guy with a lot of high end talent that, like I said, the shine is off of him right now, but I don't think the talent got any worse or that what we thought about him two years ago was incorrect. So Fromm is a guy mm-hmm. uh, that I'm very uh, interested in. And then the other guy 
is uh, twofold local. One, because I want him on the Patriots, and two, because of Randy Moss. Thaddeus okay. Moss at LSU. Um, yeah. He's an star in the making, I think. Uh, the other tight end that I love uh, goes to the school that we both root for, and he, he was on your list, so I will leave him yes. off. And decide to go with Thaddeus instead. Um, if, he, if either one of those guys ends up in a Patriot uniform as the final uh, Gronk replacement, you know, I'll be happy as a Patriot fan. Um, Thaddeus Love just, it. I mean, he's just, he's not, he's just such the opposite of his dad, right? He's, he's bigger. Uh, he's not, a, he's not as explosive, but he's just unbelievable hands, great body control. I mean, you can go YouTube it quickly and find three or four clips of him just toe tapping oh, on the sideline. Um, catching balls that, you know, has, you know, that it's, that it's thrown five yards out of bounds and he's able to reach and keep the toes oh, in there. And so great body uh, control. I think it's great. Yeah. Great body control, great hands. Uh, I like the fact that he's a legacy guy. Um, you yeah. know, that just tells me he, he's, he's someone who knows how to be there or who's been there and knows how to uh, raise him in the league. Um, so I, I like all that. I like the story of, you know, the two years off. Um, having to battle back and get on the field yep. Um, yep. and then to go do what he did this year for LSU uh, was, and then, you know, just, just an unbelievable run for him. You know, I know Burrow gets all the, all the hype and, and rightfully so, but that was, that was a fun run to watch for Thaddeus. He's on the set. So Thaddeus Moss totally is the other agree. guy I'm really interested in. Um, and he's, he's also, I think he's like in the seventies. So he's a guy who could go in the second, uh, maybe early third round or could slip, you know, even later third round. Right, right. And the other guy you were talking about was Cole Komet, tight end from Notre Dame. Obviously the guy that I, I love as well, and I'm, I'm, I'll say I am biased. I do like tight ends out of Notre Dame, and they haven't been doing much recently, but I think Cole Komet can really kind of change all that. 6'5", 250 pounds, runs really solid routes, good hands, ranked second on the team in receptions with 43, receiving yards of 515, and receiving touchdowns with six this past season, even after missing the first two games of broken collarbone. Tough guy. I just love everything about him, and I think he can be had uh, much much later in the draft. I think he'll be a good value uh, tight end. I think he's being listed at around a prospect list around fifty mid fifties and low sixties. So you know who knows where he he might go. Um, maybe he's going to be a third round or something like that. But I, I like the fact that uh, he can be a really good pass blocking as well as receiving tight end. Um, lots of great uh, lots of great attributes there. Two guys I'll throw in really quick because I know we run out of time already. And they're both on the offensive line because I'm on my offensive line kick, and I know everybody is looking for this. Tristan Wirfs, um, the tackle and or guard from Iowa. I love his versatility. Um, he basically was a starter since the since he was a true freshman. He was the Remington Pace Offensive Lineman of the Year in the Big Ten. He's big. He's powerful. He can play left tackle, right tackle. He can play guard. I mean, he basically can play anywhere you want. He's comfortable pass protection. He's passable in run protect, uh, run blocking. He is an instant upgrade, definite early round one selection. Uh, ups, instant upgrade. I think I think he's a great pick for anybody who needs help along the offensive line. And then Mecky Becton, who can be had later in the draft, probably late first round, maybe even early second round, depending on how things shake out. But he um, he was really he's also been incredibly solid. You know, he was recognized as one of the ACC's best pass blockers. Although I think his strength lies in run blocking more so than pass blocking. Um, he was all ACC. He captured a Jacobs Blocking Award, giving the conference he was given to the conference's best blocker. He's done everything you want him to do, and I think he has also a great upside there. Out of Louisville, uh, I like him as well. So, boy, oh, boy, we run out of time. There we are. So many prospects to cover. I blame the NFL for dropping that new news about the playoff for uh, throwing us off our game because we otherwise would have been right on uh, on target. But here we are, hitting the air hold on the show. All right, Ryan, what do you have to promo for us? Anything? You, anything, you want to promo anything from, uh, from, from your other writing gigs? 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's off season, so so nothing, nothing right now. Um, I do have a potential <laughs> announcement going on Twitter about just uh, another thing I'll be involved in, um, hopefully later tonight or tomorrow. So, oh, really? um, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield and E for that. Um, but I will say uh, just quickly uh, two things on your point. I have not got into um, offensive line scouting this early in, in the in the off season yet. But I will yep. say, as a general rule of thumb, if they're from the Big Ten, they can come play for me. Um, and then secondly, <laughs> you can blame the NFL for dropping news. You wanted to talk about the XFL. for the. I think I've been on two podcasts <laughs> in the last month that we talked to XFL both times. So you blame the NFL yeah, for putting it on you. That is definitely on me. I will own that. I will own that, XFL. You've definitely done that to me. All right. Well, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. And Ryan, uh, wait, you can get your Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows how to follow Ron. Follow Ryan. Oh, yeah. Good follow, everybody. Everybody follow him. And uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Thank you so much for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL. And dare I say XFL week? Or do I not? I don't know. We'll just go up NFL. You don't. You did. You did. <laughs> I did, right. I just don't really... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.